Save the planet, eat the children. Save the planet, eat the children. That is where we are on today's Modern Left. Welcome to a Friday edition, folks, of the White House Brief. We're a little casual today, a little less scripted, a little more off the cuff. We're trying something new here, so if you guys like it, Friday we don't usually do a show, but today we're trying something different. We're going to go through a whole host of topics, unfiltered, unscripted, and completely off the, the the usual thing that we do here on the White House Brief, which is much more clean. We're not going to talk about the White House only. We're going to talk about cultural topics. We're going to talk about um, Congress. We're going to talk about a number of things that are happening uh, in entertainment, the Joker film, which I just saw last night. So buckle up, folks. White House Brief begins right now. All right, so there's was, there was this town hall with Alejandria Ocasio-Cortez. And it was very confusing because during this town hall, this woman stands up and she's from uh, uh, some sort of European country. I'm not sure where she's from, but she talks like this. And she says, we need to save the country. We need to save the planet by eating babies. Watch. We only have a few months left. I love that you support the Green Deal, but it's not getting, you know, getting rid of fossil fuel is not going to solve the problem fast enough. A Swedish professor saying, you know, we can eat dead people, but that's not fast enough. So I think your next uh, campaign slogan has to be this. We got to start eating babies. We don't have enough time. There's too much CO2. All of you, you're, you, you know, you're a pollutant. Too much CO2. We have to start now, please. You are so great. I'm so happy that you're really supporting the Green Deal, but it's not enough. You know, even if we would bomb Russia, we still have too many people, too much pollution. So we have to get rid of the babies. That's a big problem. Just stopping having babies is not enough. We need to eat the babies. And this is very serious. Please give a response. Okay, thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. We'll go ahead. Um, okay. No, we'll, we'll go ahead. It's so, no, no, no. Yeah, no. Thank you. So I think... Um, yeah, no. So one of the things that's very important to us is that we need to treat the climate crisis with the urgency that it does present. Um, luckily, we have more than a few months. We do need to hit net zero in several years. Um, but I think we all need to, to, to understand that there are a lot of solutions that we have um, and that we can pursue and that if we act in a positive way, there's space for hope. There's, we are never beyond hope. Now, the normal response to that, obviously, would be, you're crazy. What the hell are you talking about? We're not eating babies. Have you lost your mind? That would be any normal person's reaction, right? But Alejandria Ocasio-Cortez, her reaction was, no, 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 no. We need to take this woman seriously. We need to hear her concerns because she does touch on a lot of good points. Uh, she didn't denounce eating babies. She didn't speak out against cannibalism. Instead, she said, no, 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 it's a reasonable question. And when logical people on the Internet and in real life came out and spoke out against that and said, this woman is knocking futz for saying we need to eat babies. Is she a plant? Because it seems like parody. AOC came in and she said, this woman might have a mental illness. We need to treat her with respect. We need to treat her nicely. 
How is that the rational response? The question was, is this woman a plant? The question was, is this woman, did a right winger put this woman in that town hall, in that conference to say these absurd things to mock the left? And the sad thing is, is that you don't know. The sad thing is, is that you can't tell. The sad thing is, is that you are unaware of whether or not this woman meant what she said. And whether or not it was a plant or whether it or not it wasn't is immaterial because the question was there. The curiosity was there. And it turned out it was a plant. It turned out it was a, a woman planted by a group called the LaRouches. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. LaRouche, LaRouche, LaRouche. I'm not sure. But a journalist, Dr. Matthew Sweet, he's a writer and broadcaster for the BBC, did a thread on Twitter about who this woman actually is. She was a plant. Like I said, the, the question was uh, whether or not she was not a plant or not, um, or whether she was a plant or not. Turns out that she was, all right? But we were still wondering, and AOC still did not denounce this woman. All right, so this guy writes on Twitter, so who was this woman? She's not a climate activist. Not even perhaps someone with a mental illness. He explains she is a representative of the bizarre political cult once led by Lyndon LaRouche. Previous targets for this kind of stunt include Jane Fonda, Olaf Palm, and Michael Dukakis. And now AOC. So this is this bizarre group, right? This bizarre group, the LaRouches. I looked them up. And I'm like, who is this group? Where, where do they stand? What do they believe in? And I'm not sure, but this guy, Dr. Matthew Sweet, has actually uh, done research on this group, and he, he explains that it's, a, it's an interesting moment in history when your obscure research, which he has done on this group, actually lines up with the news. And this is one of those moments. So he says, who was this woman? And he says, she's part of the group, the, La the LaRouches, and he says, they're pretty exotic. They believe that the queen controls the drug trade. They think Prince Philip wants to start World War III. They think that Bertrand Russell used the Beatles as part of a secret British psy war against the USA. They are, to use the technical term, nuts. The LaRouches have been enemies of the Green Movement for decades. They used to carry signs that read, Feed Jane Fonda to the Whales. It's linked with their conspiracy theory about the Queen's green fascism. Piers Corbin, by the way, was a member of their Facebook group. The LaRouche group was once a fairly ordinary revolutionary Marxist group. You know, when you have the Marxist group that, uh, that just decides, oh, we're going to finally become pro-Trump. Really weird group. He says, in the early days, Bernie Sanders subscribed to their literature. Then came the great brainwashing affair of 1974 when members were convinced they had been programmed to kill by the CIA. Commercial message, all this is in my book. He plugs his book, blah, 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 blah. But the point here is that a small, weird, politically unclassifiable, once Marxist, now more often described as neo-fascist and anti-Semitic, has spent nearly five decades pulling these stunts. Democratic presidential candidate Michael Dukakis was a notable victim. The LaRusses are now a firm group of Trump supporters, though Putin is their first love. And here they are making headlines again and still crazy after all these years. So they send, send this chicken, they send this girl, Yo, you have to eat the babies. We're gonna lose, we're gonna lose the planet if you don't eat the babies, eat the babies. Save the planet, eat the babies. And we're all sitting here like you're nuts and AOC is like, no, please tell me more. 
And that just shows you how off the rails the Democrat Party has gone. That just shows you how far to the left the Democrat Party has gone, where eating babies is worth it if it saves the planet, which is going to die in months. And we don't know if it's going to die in months. They say it's going to end in 12 years. The world is going to end in 12 years. They keep telling us that. We don't know if that's the case. They say it's going to end in 12 years, and then it turns out to be a joke. Back in the 1980s, they said the world was going to end in 10 years. Al Gore said the world was going to end in 2016. Well, we're in 2019, and the world is still going strong. I think it's time these people acknowledge that their climate science bogus is completely unsubstantiated, is completely fake. And they are telling us we have to change our lives. They are telling us we have to completely redo everything we do from the way we drive to work, from the way we drive to and from events, from the way we recycle, from the way we commute, to the way we build our buildings. They're saying we have to retrofit. You know what retrofit is, right? Retrofit is when you take your home, is when you take your apartment building and when you take your office of work, when you take maybe the business that you've built and you completely destroy everything in it and rebuild it with their sustainable crap. And notice how the stuff that they want you to build it with is not, is not durable. You know, it's, it's ironic because they call it sustainable. It doesn't sustain anything. It crumbles. The materials that you should be using are things that will last the amount of time. Those are the things you can't use. So they want you to retrofit every building. They have this plan. The Green New Deal is going to cost $99 trillion. Where's that money going to come from? We have no idea. They want you to completely transform your lives for this green chaos. And it's absurd because you have AOC entertaining this woman's ideas and talking to this woman saying, well, you know, okay, she might be mentally ill, but she still makes sense. So... Like I said, we're here on YouTube Live, uh, and I think we're on Facebook Live. Um, and let's let, 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 let's look at some of the comments here, because we don't do this often. They're saying no audio. You guys can hear me, right? There's audio. Crank up the sound. I don't know if there's anything we can do to, fi to fix that, but I think uh, at the very beginning, you guys couldn't hear me. Uh, we have sound now. No sound again. Ordy Love said... There was no facial reaction from anyone, not a word, not even from AOC. Bizarre. Absolutely agree. Absolutely bizarre. Are there moderators in here? Yeah, sorry about the sound, guys. Uh, I apologize. I didn't know that you guys couldn't hear me. And a lot of people already loved is, is noting on the no reaction from anyone, no one saying anything. That's what was so shocking about it. Yeah, it was a plant. It was a plant from the LaRouche group. But the fact... That no one in the audience was like, what the hell is this woman talking about? Is shocking. Is stunning. Family Laos says, can't tell parody from real life. Yeah, that's absolutely the case. Elf Pimp 1. <laughs> Elf Pimp 1. What? Elf Pimp 1 says, is that girl for real? Or is she a crowder plant? Um, Travis Schaffer says, we, the humans, are the pollutant, LOL. Yeah. Like, if you live your life, they're going to go after you. K.G. Bronson says, Soylent babies, my God. I, I mean, everyone is reacting on how insane 
this woman is, and it's absolutely right. Uh, this woman was insane, even if she was a player, she seemed a little off. All right, wanna move on to another topic because uh, this is something that increasingly affects my life, which is gun control. Um, you know, as I have, um, I don't wanna say risen, but as my public profile has become higher, um, security concerns have obviously become higher. And, you know, I've always lived in areas where I don't, I don't really need to worry about someone breaking into my home. It's a possibility. It's a possibility anywhere. But I, don't, I didn't really have to worry about someone breaking into my home and uh, committing a crime against me or my family. Now I'm at the point where I am genuinely concerned about my security. Naturally, I get death threats on a daily basis. And, you know, you get this kind of shift where you're saying, okay, no, I need to start taking this really seriously. And, of course, D.C. is one of those cities that makes it really hard for you to actually exercise your Second Amendment rights. It's not impossible, but it's not easy as well. And so, uh, you know, I, I've, been, I've been trying to work through the, uh, the channels um, you know, when I have time, luckily I'm in a building that, you know, is relatively protective, but it is a concern. And so I went to see the Joker film last night. And for those of you who are watching live on YouTube, we're going to do an extra segment, spoiler alert, we're going to do an extra segment that you can only access uh, via a Blaze TV subscription or by downloading the podcast. So we're going to do this. We're going to do this episode. And you can either access it by subscribing to Blaze TV, but you can also access it from our podcast, which you can download for free via iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, uh, basically wherever you get your podcast. You can download it and you can hear this extra segment. You can hear my review of the Joker film, which dropped last night. Really great film. I still don't think it's as good as the Batman films, the original, not even the, 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 uh, the Nolan ones, but the, the, the uh, who directed those? Wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> you know, Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin. Those were the good ones. Tim Burton. That's right. Tim Burton. And, uh, and Elfman did the soundtracks to those. And those were really good films. I know I'm going to get a lot of pushback on this, but I mean, come on. Come on with, the, uh, with Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones and Arnold Schwarzenegger. And uh, who played? Po oh, Uma Thurman. Played Poison Ivy. And, you know, her whole thing was, I'm this temptress, and you kiss me, and you die. You kiss me, and you die. My lips are the poison. And she'd kiss them, and the guy dropped dead. I know that that's not great filmmaking. I know that that's not exactly, uh, you know, uh, it's not classy, but come on, those films are great. All right. I didn't lose my place. I never do. Um, Joe Biden is now going on board with this extreme gun control. You know, Joe Biden, he doesn't know where he is. He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know where his, if his teeth are going to fall out of his face. But Joe Biden at least has had the reputation of being some moderate. And instead, he has now come out with this gun control plan. And this gun control plan of his, it would ban the sale of the most popular rifles in America, it's the AR-15, and the standard capacity magazines made for America's most commonly used handguns. 
But in addition to that, Biden begins his plan by pledging to repeal the Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act, a 2005 law that was designed to shield gun makers from liability for harm solely caused by the criminal or unlawful misuse of firearm products. So in other words, he's going to blame the firearms dealers for acts committed by people with the firearms. So then what? Are you going to go after the car dealerships? Are you going to go after the people who make the ingredients that you are create a homemade bomb out of? Why are you blaming them? But I got off on the tangent about the Joker because last night, you know, there were rumors, there were, you know, there was speculation, is there going to be a mass shooting? Because obviously in Aurora, Colorado, that was one of the uh, more recent Batman films. He shot up the film. And it's interesting because um, he came in dressed as the Joker. But that was actually for the... Um, what was that? What was the Bane Batman film called? It was called uh, Dark Knight. That's right. Um, Dark Knight Rises. And then what was the what what, what was the um, what was the Joker one called again? It was Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. That's not confusing, Nolan. That's that makes a lot of sense. But it was for the film with Bane. But he came in dr dressed as the Joker. So naturally, a film about Joker. There were security concerns. And so I'm like, I want to see this film on opening night. Absolutely. However, I don't want to get my life taken away. It's a natural thing. You know, you don't want to die in a movie. You don't want to be eating your popcorn and have your brains blown out. You know, that's a natural thing. It's called, uh, I don't know, survival. So uh, I went to the theater and I was like, should I carry or should I not? Now, I'm not legally allowed to carry to a theater. A, because Virginia is a, uh, sh is a, a shall issue state can issue state, whatever, uh, and they say that you shall issue state, yeah, uh, and they say that you can't carry unless you have a permit, and then even if you do have a permit, the movie theater often doesn't allow you to carry, which is funny because the murderers can carry because the murderers don't follow the laws, so the murderers can come into the movie theater with their guns and shoot up the theater, but the law-abiding citizens can't, so I ended up not, I thought about it. When we went to the, the, the movie, I thought about it, but I didn't end up doing it because I am a law-abiding citizen. However, I wanted to, and I was 99% at the point where I, I did, and, and I might have, but I didn't. So the point is, the Second Amendment is as important as the First Amendment. We treat the Second Amendment as if it is this thing that we have to regulate, this thing that we have to figure out how do we deal with it, and we have all of this ca these cases like Heller, where you decide, okay, well, you know, you have permits, you can't carry here. West Virginia, for instance, you know, you, it, it's an open carry state, you can carry. The Second Amendment says the right to keep and bear arms, in other words, the right to own a weapon, the right to own that weapon and carry it, bear it, shall not be infringed. And any legislation that tries to regulate that, any legislation that tries to say you can do this only in certain circumstances is an infringement of that right. How is saying I cannot carry a weapon into a movie theater, or how is saying I cannot carry a weapon in a state not an infringement of that right? You know, when we talk about free speech, when we talk about 
the right to petition, the right to assemble, peacefully assemble, the freedom of the press. You've got all of these hacks talking about freedom of the press, our rights to freedom of the press should not be infringed. Where are those people when it comes to the right to keep, not just keep, but bear arms? Where are those people? Where are those journalists? Where are those hacks saying you have just as much of a right as we do to spread fake news about the president to protect yourself in a theater when there is a scare of mass shootings? You know, I don't understand where all of this comes from. I don't understand why we are so afraid to exercise our Second Amendment rights when it is patently written in our Bill of Rights, in number two amendment, that the right of the American people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, the rest of the, the legislation, the rest of the regulation, the rest of the Supreme Court cases and the deliberations are completely irrelevant when it comes to my right to protect myself, when it comes to my right to protect my family. I've never understood all of this, well, you know, these are, you know, technically it is illegal to, uh, to keep, to, to, to carry in this state. Screw that, I have a constitution that tells me it is my God-given right to do so. And as far as I'm concerned, any infringement on that right is a you problem, not a me problem. You can take that up with our Constitution. You can take that up with our founders because they were clear on this issue. All right, we're at 20 minutes. I said I'd go 20 minutes and then, uh, and then switch over to, uh, to, uh, to podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. So if you're watching on YouTube, um, there, there, there were a few other issues I did want to hit on, though. We'll quickly hit those, and then we'll go to, uh, to, our, to our exclusive. Uh, you know... One of the issues is Aaron Blake, Washington Post, this guy, this journalist, you know, they call themselves journalists. I sit on the show and tell freaking jokes, and I'm more of a journalist than these MFers. So Aaron Blake, Washington Post says, how we're five months in a row with less than 200,000 jobs created each month. Bro, we're at 3.5% unemployment, all right? 3.5% unemployment. So how many jobs can you create each month when you're at that low unemployment? And you can thank your president for that. So shut your mouth and stop making no sense. Anyway, uh, you know, we're, I, I, I talked about gun control. Uh, I wanted to talk about, did you guys catch the, um, oh my goodness, this was epic. Did you guys catch the Jacob Wool, um, Jack Berman press conference yesterday? I mean, it was, that was epic. They accused. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. This. <laughs> they got a 24 year old Marine who claims, who credibly accused Elizabeth Warren of having a BDSM affair with him. And, uh, you know, is incredibly accused. You know, this guy, we don't know who he is. We don't know where he comes from. We don't have any evidence. There's not really any uh, corroborating uh, witnesses or anything. But he's credibly accused Elizabeth Warren of having a BDSM affair with him. And it included, if you will, uh, another woman. Yes, an, another woman. So there was a, a little bit of a LGBT factor going on there with Elizabeth Warren. She's been credibly accused. What are you going to do about it? She's been credibly accused and, uh, of having an affair, and now she has to answer for it. Is this woman really fit to be president? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> she's been credibly accused, guys. Oh, man, I mean, it's, uh, it, 
I, I see what they were doing. Obviously, it was it, it it's nonsense. Obviously, it, 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 this guy has no credibility. Uh, obviously, uh, I don't believe him. But this is what the left does, right? This is what the left does to the right. They find some wacko. They find some Christine Blasey Ford character who has no credibility. Everyone she knows, her friends are saying, uh, no, I don't believe her. Her parents are saying, no, I'm voting for Trump. Christine Blasey Ford's parents said they're voting for Trump. Let that sink in for a minute. So, you know, you've got these, or I'm sorry, I don't know if they said they're voting for Trump. They said they support Kavanaugh's appointment. Let me get that on the record clear. They came out in support of Kavanaugh, um, just to be clear. But her parents, you know, if you are a parent and your daughter has been sexually assaulted, is your first reaction to be like, you know what, I'm going to support the guy who sexually assaulted my daughter. No, of course not. So, you know, she's full of it, obviously. Swetnik, full of it. Who's that other one? Ramirez, full of it. We all know they're full of it. But they come and they make these ridiculous accusations, right? They come and say, oh, Brett Kavanaugh raped me. Oh, I was raped. <laughs> and, you know, you have no choice but to laugh at them. And yet the mainstream media insists you have to take these women seriously. You have to believe their story. They are credible and they are making credible accusations against this man. Okay. Who was that, uh, that crazy old lady with the short, um, with the short spiked hair? She looks like an InSync, like an 80 year old InSync member who said Donald Trump raped her at the, in the dressing room at Bergdorf. Who was that woman? I don't remember her name. Um, you know, and she, well, she went on Anderson Cooper show. Okay. She went on Anderson Cooper show and she said, yeah, fascinating man. You guys know who I'm talking about now. Remember her? Remember the? Uh, you, you guys know her. She's the. I, she came in. She's like an 80 year old woman, and she's like he ravaged me. Jean Carroll. Jean Carroll's the woman's name. Oh, he ravaged me in the dressing room at Bergdorf's, and no one noticed. Uh, he took off my pants and just raped me. And you know, everyone's like, "Oh, she's credibly accusing Donald Trump of rape. He's unfit for op- uh, for office." And 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 you know, no no one believed her. Um, no one, at least in real America, but the media believed her, and that was all that mattered, right? So you've got this woman, you've got these uh, people accusing Brett Kavanaugh of all of these, uh, you know, rape and sexual assault charges. None of them are believable. They're all making up tales. And so Jacob Wall and Jack Berman and his group come and find an equally as ridiculous witness to make equally as ridiculous accusations against Elizabeth Warren. And we have to believe him, right? That's the rule. The rule is we must believe what these what these accusers are saying and so as far as the media should be concerned this guy ought to be believed that elizabeth warren engaged in uh bdsm behavior with this man and cheated on her husband you know while she was a i'm getting me a beer (laughs) crazy woman all right we're gonna end this live stream here if you want to continue you can go to blazetv.com or you can download the podcast and hear my take on the uh, Joker film, which I went to and I wasn't carrying. All right. 
All right, what's up guys? Like I said, Friday edition of the White House Brief, we're doing things a little differently here. And uh, because of that, we did a live stream on YouTube and Facebook and maybe uh, some other channels. But now we are exclusively on blazetv.com as well as the podcast. So if you are a subscriber to the podcast, you are exclusively act, uh, accessing this content. All right, so I said, you know, I, I gave kind of my uh, story about how I went to see Joker last night and how I was very upset that the infringement on my right to keep and bear arms uh, curtailed my ability to actually protect myself in case of a mass shooter. And now I'm going to give my take on the film. So if you haven't seen the film or if you don't really care, I'm not going to spoil every scene, but, you know, and I'm, I'm going to actively actually try to, to keep the spoilers to a minimum, but there are probably going to be some spoilers. So if you haven't seen the film or you're not interested in hearing my analysis on this, um, now's the time to tune out. All right. So, Joker. What I found, I, I, you know, as a, from a case study of filmmaking, I thought this film was extremely well done. You know, it certainly wasn't your Marvel action entertainment, uh, you know, spectacle. You know, it, it, it wasn't high impact, you know, sensory overload with action sequences. It, it was a movie. It was a film. Yeah, I hear the disease. It, oh, it was a film. It was not a movie. It was a, it was a film. Um, but it was, you know. It was, you know, there was cinema, there was a cinematograph, cinematographic element. Hey, there's a word for you. No, the cinematography, you know, was, was excellent. The score and the soundtrack was, was excellent. Um, the storyline was excellent. Little disturbing, though, right? Because you find yourself being on the side of the Joker, and when that is the case, not only do you need to do a self-taxonomy, but you need to do a societal taxonomy and figure out what has happened to our society where this kind of nihilism, where this kind of just let's watch everything burn because everything sucks so bad is endearing. And you know, we were talking earlier before we, uh, before we went to air you find yourself just wanting to give this guy a hug. You find yourself wanting to give the Joker a hug. How screwed up is that? How messed up is that? And then there's a scene at the end, I will try to, to, to be uh, vague in details so that I don't ruin too much, but you find yourself in a situation where at the end he's kind of receiving this uproarious applause and cheering from the masses. And you feel good about it. And you're just like, uh, I, am I okay? Is society okay? And the answer is no. The answer is no. The answer is society is not okay. All right? We have mass problems. And it's not black and white. And I thought this did a really good job. I wrote some notes here. I thought, that, I, I thought they did a really good job of not correlating it too much to our current uh, society. In other words, you know, now we have sort of, you know, the radical left and then, you know, the extreme right and then, you know, reasonable people in the middle. And in the Gotham model, they've got sort of like the rich aristocrats who openly champion Wall Street and op openly champion um, people with money and people who have succeeded as the better of the two sort of different classes in society. And um, 
you know, I don't know if in America you have people who are like saying, yeah, Wall Street bros, yeah, American rich people, billionaires, they're the best and they know what's better for people. You have people who say, you know, we don't want to villainize those people, but you don't really have people who are like, yeah, Wall Street bros and billionaires are so much better than all of you and all of you suck. You don't really have that, right? So, you know, it, 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 but it did bring up interesting dynamics within our society. You know, I saw, um, it really brought me back to um, 2011. Because in this movie, you have these, you know, this societal unrest, you have these clowns, you literal clowns, they dress up as clowns. Um, and it brought me back to 2011, because in 2011, I went down to Occupy Wall Street, which was, you know, the big thing back then. Occupy Wall Street, everyone was, uh, was, was furious, and the right mocked Occupy Wall Street, Wall Street mocked the the movement and then you had you know we are the 99% versus the 1% and i remember i was fascinated by this movement so i went down to zuccotti park which is where of course it all originated and there was a group called clowns against capitalism and we laughed and we laughed clowns against capitalism capitalism is the best system that ever existed and capitalism is king and we love the free market you know that was where i was in 2011 and you completely ignore the situations that drive these people to madness. And, you know, when you have complete hopelessness, when you have these people who say, I have nothing to lose. And that was the Joker. He's like, I have nothing to lose. What do I have to lose? I'm going to turn to absolute anarchy. I'm going to shoot people. I'm going to kill people. I'm going to go to jail. And then I'm going to kill the people who arrested me. Because I don't have any, what's the worst that's going to happen to me? I'm going to die. My life already sucks balls. I don't really care about that. So, you know, it's, it, it's, it, it made you think, and it made me rethink my position. You know, like I said, you know, 2011, I was, I was still in college, right? When Occupy Wall Street happened, I was still in college. And so I was um, very much in a situation where, you know, you know, it was an elite college. You know, I, I kind of looked down on people who um, were struggling. Just pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. You're an American. You can do it here in America. And meanwhile, these people are being driven mad and no one is offering any solutions for them. And so, you know, I, I still believe that government is not the person to solve that. But I do believe, and we're seeing this today with all of the madness that is being dredged up, that you have to, you have to, private citizens absolutely have to be able to reach these people and say, what do you need? And say, how can I help you? Because there is a whole class of people who feel like they are being ignored. There's a whole class of people who are seeing their communities being torn apart, being ripped to shreds by the opioid epidemic, by falling wages, because even though wages are rising in certain sectors, there's still an underclass of people who are being hurt. And those are the people who still need help because, because Donald Trump has created an economy that is rocking for a lot of people. Donald Trump has created an economy that has lifted people out of poverty, that has helped so many people. But then you've got companies like Amazon who says, Oh, well, you know, our regulations have been lifted. We don't need to treat our employees with respect. If our employees have to live out of their trunks, then so be it. Because Jeff Bezos is making his money. 
And those are the people you have to look out for because those are the people who feel like they are not being serviced by our economy. And those are the people who are highlighted in this film, especially when you put mental illness into the picture, which is for whatever reason on the increase, you put mental illness into the picture, it creates a lot of psychopaths and it creates an, a, an environment where people don't know what to do and people are driven mad. And so I think, you know, this is the mindset of Americans today and it's a problem. You have this abject nihilism. You, and at the end, like I said, you feel like you're rooting for the Joker. You feel like you're rooting for this guy because you know so many people who have been put into his situation where no one's there to help him. And he's like, what do I got to lose? What do I got to lose? All right, so I'm just going to go and I'm gonna watch it burn it to the ground. And I got to be honest with you, that's why you have so many situations where politicians uh, who say, you know, I'm just going to burn everything. Donald Trump. I'm just going to destroy it all and start it from anew or on the rise. And it's not just in America. You see it in uh, Europe. You see it in other places in the world because a lot of people share the sentiment. A lot of people just want to watch it burn because the systems that have been in place, the people that have been in place, the institutions that have been providing us what we know to be true have completely failed us. And a lot of people just want to see those systems dead. And you can't necessarily blame them. So that's my take on the Joker. Little depressing, little, uh, a little nihilistic, but you know, it's the truth and I'll always be a hundred with you. Thanks for watching Friday edition of the White House Brief. Thanks for watching. We'll see you guys next time. A reminder to everyone, I'd really appreciate it if you'd please rate, review, and subscribe to the White House Brief podcast. It will make sure the truth rises above all the other stuff out there. So please rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks for listening.